So far in our series, we've been catching the amazing vision of heaven and earth coming together. It's hard to fathom, but one day, one day, heaven will be here on earth. It will be the earth 2.0. The Bible calls it the new earth. We're getting excited. Today, we're going to start to dig into some of the details of what life will be like here upon the new earth. First off, on the new earth, each of us will get a new body. Woohoo! A resurrection body. Some of us feel, depending on your age, your sense of soreness or aches or how your back is feeling, whatever you might be feeling, you might be thinking, yes, I'm ready for a new body. I am ready. In the coming weeks, we will devote an entire sermon to our resurrection body. But suffice it to say now that this body will be similar to our body now, but with some significant upgrades. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Now, we need to know this to dispel the common myth that we will only be disembodied spirits or ghosts in the afterlife. What's the thing there? We've talked along the way about some cultural characterizations that, that are not in the Bible that we've caught and, and maybe even taught, you know. We've, we've shared and we've, we've, and this is one of those, that we're kind of disembodied spirits. Do we turn, are we ghosts? That kind of thing. Uh, and no, no, we're not going to be like those friends that came back to visit Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, some of you have seen the old movie. Okay, that's... It's not what it's, it's going to be like. So I want us to realize at the onset here that the resurrection body that Jesus will give us, for all who have trusted in him, that resurrection body is a real physical body. And when we realize this, we're going to make a better connection to some of the details that we're going to be talking about today and forward. But if, if we think, wow, the, kind of the, the ghost thing, the disembodied spirit kind of thing without an actual body, some of these things aren't going to really make sense. So to know this, yeah, a real body, a much better, much stronger, much longer lasting body awaits us. These things are going to start to make sense of what we're talking about today. So, without further ado, will we eat and drink on the new earth? Will we eat and drink? Revelation 2, verse 7. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To be able to eat from the tree of life 
will be one of the greatest joys to experience. This is something that humanity has never yet done. In the beginning, the tree of life was right there in the middle of the Garden of Eden. You hear about this at the very beginning of Genesis. Tree of life, right there in the Garden of Eden. But after Adam and Eve sinned, they were banished from Eden. And therefore, we're not able to eat from the tree of life. But eating of the tree of life on the new earth, which is Eden restored, will give our bodies the nourishment we need to live forever. Amen. Wow. So yes, we will eat. We will also drink. Revelation 7, verse 17. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. This living water will taste better and be more refreshing than any purified or bottled water we've ever tasted here. The living water is part of the river of life that we hear about at the end of Revelation flowing down the middle of the great street in the new Jerusalem. It also connects us with the words of Jesus in John chapter 4. He says, The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water that sustains us Forever? Now that's some water. Revelation 19, verse 9. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. The Lamb being Jesus. Sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. There is no sacrifice left. Nothing. No one could ever offer that could be better than his sacrifice. That's why the scripture says that it is only through him, only through his name, that we are saved. There is no other way. So today, if you trusted in, in anyone else, anything else, trusted in yourself other than Jesus, there's no way but to trust in him, to say yes to Jesus means we will enter in. We will come to that wedding supper, that great banquet. We will be there together. Now we know that not everyone, not everyone will respond to this invitation. The Bible is clear about that. We see it in the world. Not everyone will respond, but I believe the invitation to this banquet of heaven is given to everyone. And in the consummation of all things, there will be a great banquet unparalleled in all human history. The wedding banquet 
represents the coming together of God and us, his people. And then in Isaiah 25, verse 6, we have a prophecy of this wonderful banquet with God. It says, on this mountain, which I believe is talking about Mount, Mount Zion, which overlooks Jerusalem. I was on that mountain when I visited out there. This, this overlooks Jerusalem. So on that mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. A banquet of aged wine and the best of meats and the finest of wines. So here we have many biblical passages clearly stating that that eating and drinking will continue to be part of our lives in heaven on the new earth. But also beyond the Bible, for just a moment here, when we just think of some of the most enjoyable aspects of life, don't we love eating good food? Go like this. Nod your heads up and down. I know you do. I know you do. (laughs) Yeah. You you may be thinking right now of your favorite dish or your favorite restaurant. And there are such a variety of enjoyable drinks for certain times of the day, certain events, or even seasons of the year. You might enjoy coffee in the morning or a glass of wine in the evening. You might enjoy hot tea or a cold beer. We love serving hot chocolate to our children when they come in after sledding in the winter. And oh, that comfort of that hot chocolate being served. And my wife enjoys getting the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks every fall. See, these seasonal things, and these drinks that we enjoy. Now, before I go on to the next point, I want to stay here for a moment because you heard me talk about beer and wine. Can Christians drink alcohol? Yes, they can. Should they be 21? Yes. Should they be careful not to get drunk? Yes. Should they be conscientious of who they are around, especially if someone is in recovery from alcoholism? Yes. Some Christians think that the Bible says you can't drink. And I want to let you know that that is simply not true. I have only found two rules in the Bible regarding alcohol. Do not get drunk and obey the law of the land. And the law in our land is 21. 
And before I close out this little mini-sermon within a sermon here, we also must remember that our Lord and Savior turned water into wine. And we clearly read just a few moments ago that wine will be on the table in the magnificent heavenly banquet. The next question to cover, will we rest upon the new earth? Will we rest? Genesis 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God worked. Then God rested. Rest is something God does. And since we are made in God's image, we are also to rest. It is built into the fabric of creation. See, prior to the fall of humanity, God did this, set this example. So that means we know, since it's pre-fall, we know it's God's good design for us to rest. But is rest only physical? Should our minds rest? Should our spirits rest? Meaning, should we have a deep sense of calm and peace inside us as well? I think in this broken world, we long for spiritual and emotional rest, oftentimes more than physical rest. So let's hear what Jesus has to say about this in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Don't we all want that soul rest? And that kind of rest, that kind of peace comes from Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Let's go to Revelation 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. From our study of the scriptures, we see that our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wants us to have physical rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, and yes, eternal rest. 
in the future heaven, the new earth, it will be a place of peace, a place of rest. Some believe that our resurrected bodies will be so strong and so full of energy that we won't need to sleep or rest at all. Well, I don't know about you, but taking naps is one of the most enjoyable things I do in this life upon the earth. (laughs) And so I hope, I hope that we can still take naps in the life to come on the new earth. Oh, yes, I do. So we've covered today that the most delicious food, the most refreshing drink, and the most satisfying rest is yet to come. The true desires of our heart will be fulfilled by our everlasting God who loves us with an everlasting love. Next week, we will continue learning about our everlasting life upon the new earth. Will we have meaningful and enjoyable work? Or will we be eternally retired? Stay tuned. Let's pray. Lord, our Savior, we ha- you have saved us for a future with you. A future filled with hope. A future that is so good. It's hard to imagine, but help us to imagine. Help us to get excited of what you have prepared for us. For us who have simply trusted in you. Continue to put heaven on our hearts well before you put heaven on earth. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. We all say, Amen.